Hey, thanks so much for like coming on. No problem. You know, I've been listening to a few. It's very nice. Yeah, because I was I I've been such a fan of like this a lot of the stuff you do. Thank you. Um, but uh, and obviously the lockdown got in the way last time. Yeah, the Auckland one, and that yeah. was just that was a bit sad for me. Yeah, and I'm always like, one, um, I'm already I've already got lots of gratitude for anyone who chooses to like spend an hour of their time just sitting up here talking. Yeah. But I have like extra gratitude when someone's not even in Auckland and comes and spends Flowing their time. a long way for this. I know you've come exclusively yep. up for the podcast. You're going to yep. play a show. You put me up. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Wouldn't that be lovely? That's the dream. That's, you know, maybe. Well, I think, I think before <laughs> that we'll go on the road. Yeah. Nice. We've been talking. Put about, you up. Put me yeah, up. Yeah. Now we'll just take the couch we take photos <laughs> on and then me and Benji just top and tail on that on the side of the road <laughs> <Nice>. somewhere. <laughs> um, uh, welcome to Harker Meets Humans. I'm here with Jack Berry. Hello. Hello. Um, you're, you're playing a show here tonight and you very graciously stopped in yes. the studio. Yep. Whammy bar tonight. Should be fun. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah. It went oh, really well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, it was one of the better gigs I've ever seen. Oh, thank you. It was beautiful. <laughs> It's transcendent. Is that why? Why did you? What is the? What is the thing you get from coming up and playing shows in Auckland? Um, I don't really know. I like it. Like Wellington and Auckland. Uh, I don't know. There's there's just more. There's more people, and it's it's kind of just a little bit more of a thing. Mm. If that makes sense, like. When you st- start playing shows somewhere, you kind of get complacent maybe because mm. you do so many to start off with and then it kind of becomes a reoccurring thing and you play every venue or whatever in Dunedin. But it's just nice to know that I can travel also and people want to come and to the show in a different place in the country. Yeah, like, right. That's like the big thing. Does it feel... What's the... Do you, do you think of Auckland differently to like Dunedin in terms of... um? professionalism or any of that kind of shit? Because I knew that used to be a thing when I was in Dunedin. Yeah. Not really. I just think it's bigger and the approach is the same. Yeah. But also there's the differences and maybe there is a bit more tech in a set up here, you know, or live. No, live-wise, it's it's just just the same. Yeah. 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 I don't know. And – we should say, like, you're based in Dunedin. Yeah. I spent four years there living in Dunedin. Yeah. I I still think Dunedin, like, was and is, like, the greatest incubator of yeah. music and musicians. It's a great place. It's – which also kind of highlights, like, it seems that – does it feel – because it always feels to me, but I want to put words in your mouth, mm-hmm. like, does it feel to you, like – Dunedin is neglected by any kind of like media arm or any kind of promotion, like in any way helping those musicians get out of Dunedin compared to like, say if you, if those same bands were in Auckland. Mm, Maybe, but it's also works in a positive where you have to go and get it. Maybe. Uh, Like it makes, you don't, you don't get the opportunity to get it. What you have to do is maybe make sure you get out of here and go play and get in front of the people that, can help you in different places. Well, that's, I would say that that exact answer and attitude is exactly why I'm such a fan of yours and excited right. to talk to you. Yeah. Because I don't know if that's necessarily the attitude that a lot of Dunedin musicians actually have. Yeah. Um, even no matter how good they are. Yeah. Um, there, there are, there are um, locals that are firmly local, mm. you know, like they play in Dunedin and, and, don't really think about playing anywhere else. And it kind of happened for me where I got booked somewhere else, so I went there. <laughs> yeah. Like it wasn't super intentional. And then from that, you meet people. Yeah, It's kind of like once someone books you and if you're lucky enough, someone will want to book you after that as well. Mm. And it kind of just happened in that way where I had a bunch of songs and I had a band and I played – and I played the House of Vans show in right. Auckland and played in front of someone that was like, whoa, let's meet up tomorrow. And then it's like, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And I was like, well, yep, <laughs> sweet. And then it just it kept happening. So I'm lucky where it kept happening. 
Yeah. I, I got more opportunities after that. I could go home, play there, and then there was always something somewhere else. But it's hard to make the first step out mm. by yourself if you're not getting like a hand with it in the way that I did where someone wanted to book me out of Dunedin. Yeah, right. But there are a lot of a lot of the Dunedin bands recently, they're all touring nation, like nationwide and stuff. Like it's there, like, there seems to be like a – it like builds and builds and then the dam breaks and all the bands that are in that thing all come out at once. Like yeah. I can think of that yeah. like when I was there with like – there was a lizard and lizard and us and males and males. like all these people who would just all bounce yep. out. Shout out males. Shout out males. Um, and then you had it again with the like um, soaked oats. Yeah, that was Martin kind Shreving. of what I was. I always felt like the awkward brother in that scene because I was approaching it. Well, I thought I was approaching it a little bit differently by being more on the laptop. So for me, it started by making a beat and then. I was making beats for Tane and he was doing like this trappy thing at the time. Shout out Kevin and Lois. Shout out Kevin. And I, I remembered one time I was like, oh, I can play guitar. So I like put guitar over it and then I was like, oh, this kind of sounds like something mm. that I could attempt to sing over and I've been putting auto-tune on his vocals. So I was like, ha, ha, ha. I'll just do that for me. Yeah, right. And it will sound great. Fuck yeah. And then, yeah, started the band to play and then was lucky enough that, those bands, like, um, I think it was Groms at the time, which is now Marlin Streaming, Soaked Oats, Shambles, uh, Mild Orange and stuff, that needed op- an opening band. So I was just like, oh, sweet. And I just started opening for all of these bands <laughs> and was somewhat in the in that little kind of incubator of the bands in Dunedin at that time. But, yeah, I always, like, was in it. I was in it, but I didn't feel like I was that in it. Yeah, right. They were like friends too and stuff. That was always, and that's funny because that was always my experience when I was in Dunedin. Yeah. Like, I always felt, I think it's very natural to see all the reasons you're not part of the crew. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, you know, yeah. and like Two Cartoons was definitely part of the crew, I guess, like looking back on it. But at the time I was like, you know, we're not Lizard and Lizard or Left or Right or yeah, all these bands. Yeah. Like the other ones are all hanging out and being cool. I only knew males in two cartoons. Yeah, that's funny. That's like the, and they were the big two. I think that's because we were the ones making like music that was more attuned to what was kind of happening at the time. So yeah. that younger people I, I were getting like into it. I like indie pop rock songs. Yeah. So I was naturally like, wow. I mean that's awesome. So yeah. like you, like you said, you were, you you had said before that you had actually like bumped into us from, at Refuel when you were seventeen. Yeah. When did, did you just like? So you were going to Refuel from like teenage, like from high school. You were going to Refuel or not? Go, not not attending. Yeah. Right. So that show that I was telling you about, that staff party that I played. Yeah. One like one of our mothers was there watching us. Right. Because we were all still underage. Okay. So I didn't go to Refuel. I think I watched a male show when I was eighteen. At Refuel, and that would probably would have been my first like proper going there and buying a beer yeah, kind of right. situation. But yeah, I met I met you at Refuel. I was talking to Scott, and then you came down and talked to Scott because Scott found us at a Refuel staff party. Oh what? Yeah, <laughs> like he asked me to. I was just in one of his classes, and he asked me to play. And me and Brad had just written Better Coast. Yeah, yeah. And so I just played that. Yeah. Because I was like, well, I know how to, I can just play this song. Yeah. He was like, oh, that sounds really good. Like, and I was like, yeah, it's well, a band. He's like, cool. so, yeah, just <laughs> yeah. let's go. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it was just a whole thing. And it's crazy, like, the whole physical spaces thing. Like, I don't know if that, if what I had done and what our group of friends had done could happen now without refuel the way it is. Yeah. It, it, when, when you were probably playing there, I think it had a community around it. It definitely it, it's did. It's more just uh, seen as cheap alcohol and a Wednesday night. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is probably good for them because it's what keeps it going maybe, you know. But I think I probably caught the last of that community thing. Like you'd always hear people be, would be like, oh, the weirdos hang out down there. Yeah, right. And I was like, cool. All right, I'll go have a look. And then it, it kind of like slowly got washed out. And became a, the uni bar because it was the uni bar, but I don't think anyone from uni went there. No, maybe an English man, you know, like someone that's like wants to go watch something that's like a little bit different or something was probably going there. But yeah, 
what it is now is it's probably if you want to have a guaranteed audience and play at a pint night and you're just starting out, I, th- I would highly recommend, you know, going along and doing a Wednesday night at pint night. But yeah. in terms of the venue, <laughs> I don't know. It was always super loud too on stage. Oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah. It's all, it was always that yeah. way. It was never, yeah. 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 I, I mean, like, I haven't had a community like, uh, like a, a true musical community because Point and Studio is one, but it's a lot more than like yeah, just, yeah. it's not really the gig thing. We didn't have that in London. Like we moved yeah. to London and we were like, that's when I think I realized how different Refuel, but also Dunedin is. And like, yeah. and I still think that even being in Auckland now. Yeah. It's just such a, there is like fucking nothing to do kind Pretty of. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In a way. And there's also, but also, do you know what? There's nothing to do, but there's also no one around in the scene who's trying to tell you what you should do. No. In yeah. Auckland, there's a lot of that. Yeah. There's which, just more people and more opinions. Probably. More opinions yeah. and like more like, I know the pathway. Yeah, follow me. Do this or do yeah. that and like more adherence to kind of blueprints, which yeah. works for some people and doesn't work for others. But in Dunedin, it's almost like no one fucking, not only does no one really, that's not there, no one really fucking cares yeah. when I was there, you yeah. know? Yeah. Is that still how you feel? Like, like how does it feel being, so you were there with the whole Soak Dotes and Marlon Streaming thing and yep. all those guys, that, like Marlon Streaming, I met D. Oh, yeah. D's lovely. great. Yeah. He was on two days. Yeah. Talented. And, and, and they're there. But in terms of like their little like scene bubble yeah. um, has kind of burst and they've all moved and, and are yeah, doing a bunch yeah. of stuff. How does it feel being in the Dunedin band scene now? I think I'm probably not within it. Right. I think there's probably a whole new uh, group of bands that are doing something. And, mm. and maybe for us older bands, it's like a resting place right. in a way where you would probably go back there because it's cheap. If you're playing enough, you know, like I like to think, or I hope to do it more, but the way I see it is I can live in Dunedin, but I can be in Auckland and Wellington as much as I need to if I'm playing and, you know, doing it that way. And then I get to go back. And I always had this kind of thought that down there, I'm not talking about what I'm doing. I'm actually doing it. As opposed to here, I feel like you might be outside and out and about more talking about what you're actually not doing. If that makes I, that you makes know? a lot of that makes too much sense. Yeah. An uncomfortable amount of sense. Yeah. yeah, and that's what it's like down there. It's and but the isolation can also um, make it unproductive because you can like you know, I don't know fester in your head or something. But if you can work through that and make it like an ally for yourself or something, it's really good because it's like there's not something happening all the time. Yeah, and. For Maybe for me and my group, when there's something happening, we've made it happen. So, like, we're even obliged to go along because we're playing or something, you know? Yeah. Other than that, it's, you know, I'm not out having a drink or, like, doing, you know, like, of Friday course. and Saturdays for me aren't that. And that's kind of what I like as well. Yeah. And, and it, it, it lets you be that way there. Yeah. And I'm very much on that vibe personally. And I feel like I'm I'm paying for the privilege of, Auckland City, which I don't partake yeah. in. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. just yeah. sit around. There's the opportunity thing up here that's always been like, uh, to me. Like, I've always wanted to know more about studios and mm. maybe like engineering and all of that kind of stuff and just the idea of like an internship or, you know, something like that. That's always stuff, been yeah. pretty, pretty awesome. But and there's, no, there's nothing like that in Dunedin. So, yeah, a, a drawing for me to a place like this would be for something like that to, yeah, to learn in a way. Yeah. And it's funny cause you, I, I really relate to your idea of like it not being what you've done with music and with Jack Berry, not being super intentional. It's just kind of like yeah. gauging the, like having options presented and be like, Oh yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But those kinds of considerations, that's when you start getting into the more intentional route of like yeah do i want to be doing this or do i not want to be doing that do you find yourself thinking a bit more about that recently yeah i think that's just probably getting older i'm yeah. able to make decisions but better now <laughs> well your prefrontal cortex is fully developed <laughs> till you're 25 oh well, here we go it's about to be <laughs> fully there <laughs> i think I, i've always been like pretty good kind of at saying no okay. I've, I've been 
presented with things and people that wanted to help me out or work with me, and I'd just been like, no. But and one thing that I'm getting better at is like being able to say yes and no to the music side of things. Like opportunities, I was kind of like, that doesn't make sense, or like I don't want to open for that, or I don't want right, to cool. do. So I've always been kind of all good with that. But like the music was like happening because I needed to get something out which was a weird, like, if, mm. if I wanted to keep playing right. and doing this, I'd have to finish one of these demos and put it out or something, and I'd just force it. Okay. And I'm getting better at, like, like enjoying the way it sounds. So, so what does that mean? Does that mean that you're, like, more consistently working on music in the background? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, um, probably taking it more seriously and being – I think I came to the conclusion that – this is how it sounds and this is what I can do. Mm. So let, just go with it rather than trying to figure out how to not make it sound like what I can naturally do. As if like uh, what I'm doing isn't isn't enough or something. Yeah, or, well, or do other stuff. Yeah, with the internet you can be inspired instantly and by so many different things. Mm. And I'll, I'll like listen to something and be like, yep, all right. And I'll try and figure out in my head how they've done that and how I can do that and how I can like reimagine it or whatever but anytime that I've thought that way I've sat down with my guitar and it's just sounded like something that I can make so yeah, I've like right. kind of just embraced that mm. like it's probably going to be a song with guitar <laughs> and riff that's the thing like because yeah. I think you and I are very much on the same vibe in a sense like I'm a huge guitar band fan yeah but then I'm also quite my ears are quite attuned to like production and recording yeah 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 and so I'm constantly, my ears are constantly searching for a guitar band that's almost produced, that almost has like a producer or an electronic producer yeah. making a guitar band. Yeah. I mean, that's why I like your stuff so much because yeah, that's, that's yeah. the shit yeah. I really like. Yeah. And I, and I do constantly, to all my friends who are in guitar bands, make the case to them to be like, work with a God, work with a producer. Yeah, yeah. Like when Idols sent their last record to Kenny, Kenny Beats, Beats yeah. I was like, fuck Awesomely yes. strange link up. So good. Yeah. So good. Like, and there's like, I was listening to it the other day and like hearing like a sub. Yeah. And what, and like one of their like big like kick ins and drops. Yeah. So I was just like, that's, if you're working, that's what I want to hear. Working with a band, you're just essentially layering. Like, that's probably like, they'll have the live bassist, but you know that in the chorus, you might want to add a little bit of like oomph in it. So you'll just layer a sub in there or something. Like, when I think about it, for my stuff, I know that it's probably just going to be a kick and a snare that I want to put in there. Mm. I'll have a real drummer playing real drums that I'll chop a wee bit, but like try and keep its integrity. And then just to make it hit a little bit harder, put a kick and snare in there. Because everything's so loud these days too. And I feel like you've you've got a really good comfortableness that I want to see more people in. And like I sense that you're completely comfortable being like, this is the recording. Yeah. And like this is, well, I'm going to work. And I'm like, yeah. And then it, when it's live, it'll just we'll just do the live thing. It's complete. Well, I think it's completely different. I, th I, I think so too. Yeah, and people were like, "Oh, like I don't." I've had more people like the live show than I have the recordings, and that's fine with me because I'm getting better at the recording. Mm. It's like completely different skill sets. Like I'm trying to do the bulk of it, like write, produce, and mix, and it's going to take a little bit of time. Fuck yeah! Like, I'm sorry, but I just kind of need to get better at it, and it's like a, it's like a journey. Of course, of learning. And that's exciting for me because if I already knew how to, maybe if I already knew how to do it, I'd be more on the songwriting though, because that's something that I'm trying to like focus on too. But you'll come back to it. Yeah, I yeah. think like that's the whole thing. Like you're on the journey with the you're you're following your excitement. Yeah, and then yeah. once you get better at it, you'll probably be less excited about it. Yeah, and you'll get back into like, well, I'm gonna fucking do the songwriting. Let's yeah. do that. We're gonna have twelve bridges or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, some black midi shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally vibe that. And I think like I do, I look at people like you and I kind of allow myself to have this hope of like, this isn't just a you thing. It's like a generational thing. Yeah. Well, laptops are, you know, they're pretty prominent. And now. I really, I think because there's this meme of like guitar music being like lame yeah, and yeah, like yeah. out of, and like Guitars irrelevant. Are Guitars and, are everywhere. And that's the thing. And yeah. I would be like, yes, I actually think it is. Yeah. And I think it's the guitar band's fault because they're still yeah, trying yeah. to sound. They're like, well, we sound like this. When we plug into our amps, we sound like this. Yeah. So let's figure out how to record ourselves so we sound exactly like yeah, that. Yeah. And no one wants to 
really only like nerds like us really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but it seems like the younger people come through because of the laptop thing, because of like the lowered cost. They're like, well, I'm just going to make my music on GarageBand or yeah. thing because I can't afford to get a studio. Therefore, their guitar music has to come in a different yeah. form. And it just happens to be a form I think is far more exciting. And you, what, what you probably don't know is you're learning how to do a different side of like the music industry as well, like producing. Yes. Like to you, you're just songwriting, you know, but you're actually adding elements that people get paid to do. <laughs> yeah. And then you like unconsciously start mixing because you want levels to be right and you know you want it to sound a little bit better with the beat you've made or whatever. So you, then you've moved on to another part of the industry, which is mixing. Yeah. And that's the hard part, I think. Like, Bro, I'm on my mixing <laughs> journey right now. It's fucked. Yeah. I still don't know what, like I know what EQ and compression does, but I don't know how to use it to like <laughs> its full potential. Yeah, same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's tough, man. I, I really struggle with the th- with things that, uh, understanding that mixing is as creative as the thing yeah, yeah. because I it, it felt more comfortable when I had the idea that like there was a there was just things you did every time yeah. and that was all it was and I just yeah. had to learn those things yeah, yeah. and then I quickly realized it's like oh fuck there's like you just yeah yeah and now now you're just like treading in open water <laughs> it's, it's exciting but it's also like extremely daunting because you know that you could take this to the completely new level if you knew how to do the, you know, do yeah. it properly. Properly. Yeah. But also it doesn't have to be. I think it's just a loudness thing maybe. Like one thing that that I've tried to think about is, which I haven't succeeded in properly yet, is when someone's pressing next, you know, next song in playlist, it doesn't dip in audio like loudness. Because then you know it's like not um, hasn't been hasn't been done the same way as the song before or something. You know you can tell that this is a up and coming artist. And even psychologically, it's like gain staging. Yeah, uh, your brain yeah. thinks louder is better. Yeah. So if it drops, it's going to think it's more professional if it's the same loudness as the song before. Yeah. So, which I haven't. Yeah, the last the last song I put out, I've realized that it, I thought it was because I'd like. I do it in my headphones. I'm really bad. I need to do it on my. I've got speakers. You've got I, speakers. I've only got headphones. Yeah. I'm just pure headphones. So I pretty much mix everything in my headphones, yeah. and then I will play it in the car, and it was like booming in the car. So I was like, "Sweet, all right, we've got a finished song." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it gets uploaded to Spotify, and then you play it, and in different situations, and it's just extremely quiet. And it's like, man, I thought I I couldn't boost this anymore. Like, you know, I couldn't make this any louder, or it would redline. But it's still not loud. What am I doing? Yeah, right. Yeah, and then yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of learning to be done because you're tackling mastering as well. I shouldn't be doing the mastering. I should. I yeah. the thing that about myself is <laughs> I'm like I shouldn't be doing the mastering. No, I should probably because like, do you are you comfortable paying people? Like it, it, for yeah. me, yeah, I'm like oh, I don't really want to. I could probably do the master instead of paying someone for the master. But yeah. that's to the detriment of my song. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I I have no problem with paying people to. Okay, do something good. that they can do. It's more just like I just don't want to share anything with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Once right. it's out, it's out, and you know. So you don't. So when at what point of a song will you show anyone? Like who's the first? When it releases. Pers- really, you yeah. don't show anyone. Nah, that's- and that's really bad too because <laughs> constructive criticism is good. You know, they might tell me that the kick's way too loud. But well, I can't hear it. I think it's that whole, for me, it's not even, who gives a fuck what they say? It's yeah. just having them in the room. Yeah. And your ears, you yeah. get, it's that you add a self-conscious layer to yeah. um, your own music. Yeah. Which makes you hear it differently. I've, I've got s- a pretty big, massive one of the, like, like, I don't really like showing or sharing. And it's bad because it's not, it's not a big deal. But then how do you collaborate with people? Because uh, you've done collaborations. Singing or production? Well, you did you do what did you do with the Benny track? Did you do songwriting for that? Uh, yeah, I got sent a wave. So you were still on your own the whole time? Yep. Right. I was sitting on the floor at my mum's house. Yeah, cool. With a Shore SM57. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. And it, yeah, and I just was like, this is a pretty cool opportunity. I'm going to try my hardest to do this mm. and not overthink it and just send it back. Yeah. And then, then what about the bands you're in? You're you're right while you're jamming, and that's natural. So or? any of the bands I'm in, 
Nick and Ruben, those Nick and Ruben write everything. I just show up and learn it at practice. Cool. Three quarter marathon. Ruben, the lead singer, pretty much writes everything. Yeah. And I just show up and learn it at practice. Beautiful. So I don't have any like creative. So this is your one creative yep. outlet essentially. Yeah. And any production work that I've done for people. Yeah. Right. Which is like something that I like doing quite a bit because it takes away the element of overthinking about. And me. does it? Does that take? Does when you're doing the production for people, do you do do you lose that sense of like n- not wanting to share it because you're essentially already doing it? And it's not. Yeah, I don't mind. It's not as much yours. It's, I need to share it because it needs to be what they want. Yeah. Too. Like, I can't hold on to it and like, like if if they want something louder or whatever, then that's just the way it's got to be. You know. So that it's way more clearer thinking when I'm doing the production for other people than it is my own stuff because there's just so many different things happening when it's like my own song it's like is the song good is are the vocals good are the drums yeah. or like you just got you're like you're you're seven people you're a boardroom yeah. in your brain 100 percent. yeah okay well let's switch gears a little bit because like you also garbage records yeah like you said to me before or like the garbage family is that a good way to yeah, describe yeah, it yeah, garbage yeah. family yeah um you you kind of described it as like your as like a, a what did you say an art portfolio like a mood board like a mood board yeah um personally for me that's kind of what it feels like uh, like it's yeah. an aesthetic it's yeah. a it's yeah. like a design thing do you, you but have, sharing that you're completely comfortable it's, yeah. it's a completely different process a yeah. completely different thing yeah is is that because it's less personal or is that yeah. right I've made a brand and I'm just it could be anybody I okay. don't go on that much that. You know, I don't go, I don't tag myself in everything that's uploaded saying that I designed this or mm. made it. I just get to put it up and let people see something that I've made without going too much on about it or whatever. And did you, and it's like, it is quite a defined aesthetic. Did you kind of stumble on it and be like, oh, I like this? Yeah. Or was it like an intentional design Stumbled. thing? Stumbled. Yeah, cool. I was like, I bought a printer. Yeah. And I just was like, all right, I can print and then I can scan it back in. That makes it look like it wasn't made so much on the laptop. It kind of makes it look like an old poster. You're like building in grain. Yeah, yeah. So like recently I'd been taking digital photos where we'd always be like, we need to get film photos and then you need to get them developed and do all of that. But if you just print it out and scan it back in, it looks like a film photo. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the printer was big for me and then I was like, all right, I can do more to it before I scan it back in. So Mm. then I started doing paint and ripping stuff and yeah, right. using glue sticks. And the fisheye lenses? Fisheye lenses is more uh, Riley's thing. Right. So he's like the video camera side of it and, and I you, will do with the content. Yeah, cool. What I think. And, and was that the partnership from the start yeah, or did you find Riley, one another? Yeah. So he's like two years younger than me. So he was at high school and we – we knew each other, but we didn't really. We weren't creative with each other yet. Right. And then probably in my when he was fresh out of high school, he was good friends with another one of my good friends, and then he just started coming around more. And I'd just be like, "Oh, we, you know, I want to do a gig. I want to put a song out. I want to blah blah blah." And then he was like, "Oh, well, I'll take photos at the gigs or whatever." Mm. And then he bought a little point and shoot, and then started doing that more. And then he wanted to do videos, so he bought like a uh, like VHS camera and stuff and then started building like that and then we got that studio space that I was telling you about before the one with the water problem and <laughs> we also liked op shopping like thrift shopping a lot so mm. we would just curate as much as we could over a month or so and then do a pop-up thrift store and sell all of our finds down in that studio space and that kind of we had to brand that, obviously. So we had to make posters for that and brand that. Of course. And we were like, all right, this is turning into... And we're all making music at the same time as well. So I think there was like a wee little light bulb where I was like, we all probably want to be doing the music more mm. than all of these assortments of things. So we should turn this into like a promotional thing for the music because it's what we spend most of our time doing. So it's kind of turned into the record label. But I wouldn't really call it a record label because it doesn't have the budget and the natural kind of resources that a label does. Like we're not intentionally looking to sign anybody because we can't help them that much. (laughs) 
but we can offer them like promo and just trying to get a strong distribution thing going because you can do it yourself, but a lot of the time it doesn't end up, you know, like doing anything more than, like it doesn't end up doing a lot. So I'd like to be able to somehow build the infrastructure where I can distribute music for people. Does that mean physically or digitally? Digitally. Right. But have a physical element to it as well. Interesting. Like tapes or CDs or something. So they add something onto the release that benefits both of us. So we can put our, say if we were to do a tape, we can design it all and we're using your product so you'll obviously get a cut of it and we will. You're letting us do what we think. It's like a, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Do you know Audio Tree? Yeah, the live sessions. Yes. Yeah, they I don't have, know much more about it. So they actually, that. when you go on and do a live session, say you're a band, yeah. there's a whole aspect to it where they act as like a distributed record yeah. label where they can like take those recordings. And they're always really good. Always really good. Yeah. They'll put them out. They'll like distribute them. They'll do that as well. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a more creative project version of that, you know? Yeah. At the moment, anything outside of the group that has been distributed has probably been worked on by one of us as well. Right. So I did a, a EP for this guy, Eli Superfly, mm-hmm. in Wellington, produced that. That was a, that was a very vibey record. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah. He's got an awesome voice. And then I was, I was naturally like, oh, we could put it out, you know? And yeah. then I'll do the album art and I'll post about it and all of that and try to get a wee package going to get it out, you know, in the way that hopefully it reaches more people with the platform that we have or whatever. So that's, I think, when maybe when we're involved, it probably makes more sense too because it's like the whole idea is... It's like the collective thing. Yeah. Maybe like, the graphic design is more complemented because the music, I don't know, sounds like it should look that way. Yeah. Yeah. We're all, you're all, does it feel like a family? Like, feel like friends? Or? It's like my longest friend group. Yeah. Like, Wax Mustang, we went to kindergarten together. So, we've been best <laughs> friends since we were three. Yeah, right. And it's just naturally, but not, well, it's just formed into this. It's, I don't know. But, like, we don't really want to be doing anything else. So, we're trying to figure out how to, my, my mind is I want this to be like a business. How, and, and because, like, it isn't a natural thing necessarily for musicians or creative people to also be business minded. Yeah. Are it's you, an undertaking. Yeah. And yeah. are like as are you do you have a little bit of that natural inquisitiveness into into the business side of things or are you really having to I've always been interested. I don't know how much I know. Yeah. Well that's I think that's cool. Yeah. I've like obviously picked things up through doing the Jack Berry stuff and understand what certain things mean and what what they do and all of that kind of stuff but this yeah it's diff- definitely a different like game and it's kind of hard i actually like put it the music industry business stuff akin to like the financial industry stuff yeah. in, in the sense that they almost create systems and jargon to cut and like to kind of keep people out of it yeah yeah sometimes the the music business like businesses and capitals like yeah. it is a business yeah yeah is is it's not necessarily in their benefit to allow everyone who to, wants yeah. musicians themselves to, to actually, understand it to understand it and yeah. do it yeah yeah and 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 it's a double it's a double thing because I would say like there aren't in your group there's probably not it's probably only a couple of you that actually have that um, want and, to to want you know? want yeah because I. One thing I have to continuously juggle is making the music, like doing the creative stuff and doing the business stuff. And yeah. of course I want to probably do the music stuff more, but I also want like what like when I'm in my 30s, I'd probably want to be doing the business stuff more, you know, naturally. I might want to put an album out and stuff, but it's probably not going to be the way it was when I was younger and, you know, full of bursting creativity and stuff. So yeah. like, I want this to garbage to be a business but like maybe it's just something that's just gonna slowly grow hopefully well that's how things actually naturally yeah like i think that's the natural thing i think yeah. when i watch things skyrocket it's like oh well something unnatural is going yeah on and then you're probably struggling to keep up with you know like the skyrocket yeah and i think 
we don't remember people don't realize how the the focus is not on l- building a long-term career yeah the focus for a lot of blowing up industry <laughs> is about yeah. is is maximizing short-term yeah um gains which yeah. tend to be only help short-term careers yeah. well this is like what i want to do forever yeah. something musical related or whatever so like being able to work that out and not like I don't want a, a lot of money or something, you know? Like it's not about that. It's just about being able to do something that I, I'm passionate about each day and get paid for it. Yeah. You know? Where I think maybe for some other people it's like money, money, money. So you only need however much a year. or You know, like it's not, of course, more opportunities. You can pay to do more things when you have more money. But like <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. what do you need? Food and <laughs> Food and, board. and a roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some clothes, but you can just get those for two dollars in Dunedin at thrift stores. Fuck, I missed Dunedin thrift yeah. stores. Now, Damon, I've really fucked up. What happened? I need to go pee. Oh yeah, go for a pee. What Why, am I do, do you want to tell the the uh, the friendly listeners of Harco Meets Humans? I'll try about how great males was back oh, in the day. Oh wow, okay. Because I don't think it. No, people don't know. Yeah, they yeah, need to realize. Yeah. Dunedin legends. Yeah, I'm gonna go pee. I'll and with you guys though. <laughs> uh, males. <laughs> great band from Dunedin. Played a lot with two cartoons. Also another great band from Dunedin. Great indie pop rock songs. And uh, sorely missed within the live music scene. You're definitely going to have to cut that. There was some great silence. That's right. We'll come back and we'll say. Yeah. Oscar Keys toilet blocked me, bro. Did he need to go? Was there a line? That's strike one. Let's just put it that (laughs) way. You know? (laughs) Um, I, I, do you feel supported? Like, do you get, do you feel like, do enough people say to you that the shit you're doing is real cool? Yeah. Because it's really cool. I don't think, yeah, I don't like. Of course you don't think that about what you're yeah. doing. I don't know. I, I think maybe my own thinking of myself is probably the most important thing. Right. Like, I don't, I, if I'm happy with it, then that's fine. I guess the other way to ask that is like, uh, are you, how, how are you dealing with the grind of it all? Not something that I like think about too much. Like I that's don't, amazing. I don't know. I, yeah. I, am I grinding? You know, like I'm. I sure would love more people to hear what I do and like what I do and stuff. But I'd know that the way I'm doing it, it's just a qual. Like I just need to learn how to do it better. It's kind of my idea. Yeah. Not like hopefully it'll come when I do more of it. In a way. Yeah, and the like the the grind is non-existent in Dunedin. <laughs> yeah. Like what you know, you're not really fighting anything or anybody. Yeah, you can get away with doing doing it, and like I don't know, the friend group that I have is like we all want the same thing, so that support system's like enough. Yeah, in a way to like, and I guess with. Wax Mustang, he's doing it at a level that's now like inspiring to me because he's, you know, playing larger shows and like building a really good following. And him having that is like enough. Like, I don't know, that's like I'm somewhat a part of it. Like, so I get like, I don't know, it just makes me happy too. So, like, my stuff is important, but like, there's so many other things going on that matter as well and like give me gratification well that's a really mature that's a good mature outlook on yeah it. yeah for sure not yeah not too bothered <laughs> not too bothered <laughs> yeah, i just yeah. want to like get better at like producing songs and writing songs fuck man i'm so on that vibe as well yeah it's, you need to buy a guitar i do yeah yeah you know what I, happened you sold your guitar i sold all of them bro you're a guitar guy 
I, I, do you know Two Cartoons was the first band I played guitar in? Excellent. Yeah, I was a bassist. Oh. Yeah, but, you know. But not a good one. Well, if you're playing bass, no Paul you're playing guitar. Yes. If you're playing guitar, you're playing bass. Look, I'll be honest. Like, I, I was extremely lucky I met Brad. Yeah. Brad is like... He was the musical heart of that band. Yeah. I, I would, we would always say that I was bringing the like. Did you write the lyrics? Yeah. If, if how it worked is if if you heard me singing, I wrote the song and the lyrics. If right. Brad was singing, he wrote the song and the lyrics. Okay. Um, but like literally, even up until the end of the band, um, I was just so petulant in a sense, or like ignorant in a sense where I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to have, I don't want to know anything about this computer shit, man. Oh, I don't want to know about mixing. I just want to yeah, like, yeah. you know, I just want to fucking, yeah. And now look at <laughs> yeah. me. Exactly. Like, but that I'm a real, I'm real late, late bloomer. Like a real, I'm kind of like that too. Takes with, me a long certain time. Things. I remember when I first yeah. heard like King Crawl or something. Yeah. Like, nah. <laughs> yeah. And then it took me a couple of days. I was like, yeah. Yeah. You it's know? funny. I do that. I know this isn't the most alternative band, so it's funny, but like I actually do that with every Tame and Parlor album. Yeah. yeah. I, I listen to it and I go, yeah. yeah. And then I usually about six months later, I'll listen to it again and be like, oh, I quite like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough, man. Like I will, I am such a guitar guy. Honestly, like. You write good guitar songs. Thank you. Yeah. And I and honestly I'll say like I don't think I've written the guitar songs to the quality I could write yeah. yet. Yeah. And that's always a thing that I'll always need. But bro, I needed that needed that break for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz it's just it was just such I the way you've just I really relate to the way you describe like things like unintentionally just like happening in yeah. a sense. Yeah. Because that's all two cartoons was. Yeah. But not only just for like the business and the opportunity side, but even like songwriting, like yeah. I hadn't, in, until that last song, um, Less People, I hadn't yeah. I hadn't intentionally written a song yet. Yeah, yeah. And that was the reason we quit. I was like, oh, cool, I've done, we've done that. It came out like yeah. it's, it's, there was the idea and it can kind of go. Um, and I will get back to it. I, the thing I'm doing now is like, I kind of view myself as a corp- as like a corporation. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And I'm gonna have different arms of the business. Yeah. And I view my I would I'm a big fan of people like Danger Mouse, not yep. and and people like Diplo and 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 um, fucking uh, like uh, someone you want in the room, or like as in like I want to coll- I want to make music with a bunch of people. Yeah. Like as an artist, I want to like add myself to someone else and, and get something that happens in the yeah. middle a lot of different it's times. It's kind of like Rick Rubin effect. Essentially. Does but, he produce? But less lying on the, gr- less yeah, lying on the couch, yeah. yeah. I think what people like is his calmness as a person as much as what he knows how to do exactly. production, like musically. Yeah. And I, I don't know, like, and being able to multi-genre, like there, there's probably one, there's one approach that like works with everything. And it's just like bringing the best out of the situation. I think so. And yeah, I really like the Rick Rubin kind of side of it too. And I think I really identify with what's happening naturally now with like people like yourself and younger people where genre is just like melting away. It's not really about that anymore. And I always felt trapped in that kind of stuff. And and so I feel a lot more at home in this day and age than I have ever before. Yeah. And it's just, it's just not like things. It's, it's such a dichotomy. Like we talk about a lot of things on here that are still really stuck in an old world. Yep. Um, but there's just this, the other side of it is that there's this huge increasing wave of, of people and musicians and creative people who just have none of the hangups. Yeah. That defined all the people that came before them. Yeah. They're just like, we don't like that's what TikTok is. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like we just make fuck you, we're just making shit. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> I guess, yeah, that kind of like when you got the ability to be able to like release without needing help. That's pretty much like how it's growing from there, that point of like you can't you can do it. And now there's like a million ways that you can do it, mm. but like the internet providing the freedom for you to do 
you know, whatever you want and for people to be able to see it easily without having to go through the loopholes of the classic industry. Or, yeah. You know, needing to like the classic story of like we're playing a show and there's some industry people coming along and this could be the break, you know, or like the break could be if you like make a really cool video independently that yeah. looks cool to people and the song's awesome. Like your aesthetic is the break, not the wheels of the industry because mm. they'll catch up and they'll be like, all right, well, we need to f- get onto this aesthetic because it's obviously working. Yeah, and if you're successful without them, they, they, they'll see success and want a part of it. They'll yeah. come to you. They'll try and figure out how they can help you. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't, you're yeah. not going to, that's the whole thing I think people yeah. miss is that you're not going to, if you really believe in what you're doing and it doesn't happen to line up with the industry stuff, like, yeah. then just do it because they'll come to you when it's successful. Yeah. You don't have to yeah. throw that away. And what they offer, which I think is like valuable, is just like structure. Mm. Like, that's really nice having you are you're liable to something and there's people like wanting you to f- maybe finish something if yeah. it's just that like having that structure is like really handy well that's the two days thing is yeah, literally yeah. just like i'm going to give someone a deadline yeah. and they'll 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 give me music i made a beat for that did you i did and i got just into because it was in the weekend and yeah. like at, in the weekends because I'm at home there's a lot of people at home Yes. so I'm not like singing my heart out and stuff so I got the beat done and I was like waiting for a time for people to leave so I could like <laughs> quickly do some vocals and then we got asked three quarter marathon got asked to do a gig on the Sunday nice so I'm sorry I ran out of time <laughs> but I have an instrumental that was intended to be sent through that's cool yeah. now you have so next year it still worked for you now yeah. you've still got an instrumental yeah 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 and it was a little bit like left field for me too I was kind of like trying to do some Crazy shit. It's crazy. Like how it really, I was hoping when I started, I was hoping the people I invited, they would have, I I don't communicate this to people, but I hope like, hey, this is really low stakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, and it's no consequence. So I hope you feel free to maybe try some things. Yeah. Without stating that to people, people tend to do that, which I really like. Yeah. And I will be honest also, like I almost didn't make it this too. Like I did finish my trait, but, I I restart. I maybe worked on. I started on Friday the, the Friday after uh, Friday evening. I deleted what I had made on Saturday morning. Why? It was bad. <laughs> it was <laughs> like you know you know when you get yeah. to that point you're like I could struggle for the next six hours to try and shift this into somewhere good. Yeah. Or I could just cut my losses and or start. Or you could save it and open a new session. <laughs> yeah. Because you could go back to it and find a, a part of it that you like. But I was like, yeah, exactly. I was yeah. like, well, I, 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 I'm not going to keep, I'm going to waste more hours struggling against yeah, this than yeah. I am. Yeah. And I, but by the time I got to Sunday afternoon, it still, the new thing I'd made really sucked. Like, I'll be honest. Like it was just, I was listening to it like that is the thing. Um, and that's when I found like the soul samples like yeah, vo- yeah. vocal soul yeah. samples yeah and bit of a top line added to it or something soul samples save everything yeah, that's yeah. what i realized at that yeah uh, within an hour and just a little bit of like soul samples yeah. so the thing i was like fuck this is a completely different song yeah so that's that's the one i put out loving you hold me back yeah um but yeah i almost, almost i almost didn't make own. it to my own compilation yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was bad no i love it I, and i totally appreciate that like you're not alone I keep it pretty. That's why I, someone was talking to me today. Shout out Joe Kennedy. He was talking to me about um, how much he really liked that, that likes the project and really likes the compilation and whether I would like grow it and mm. make it this whole thing. And I just don't think so. Well, as long as you're in charge of it, yeah, do what you do what you want with it. That's the thing because it'll keep its integrity. I think like it's it's such. I think. And the real luxury of what I do and how I'm doing are lots of different things. And like same as yourself. Yeah. And I would, I wonder if you could relate to this. Is that like I have so many little kingdoms of aspects that yeah, I do yeah. that I don't need one of them to be this whole thing yeah. for it to feel like fulfilling because they're all doing they're all yeah. doing these little things yeah. that add up to this big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that also means that I get to keep them kind of cool and under control. Yeah. 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 And that's the real sense of two days. Like I, I would ultimately I want it to be as big as it is now forever. Yeah. And I just keep inviting like the brand new people I really like yeah. on to do it. And then 
any like bigger people who are interested, put them under like fake names yeah. and, and get them. Because yeah. we've had a few of those as well. It kind of really ties cool. into like the way the podcast works where it's like taste making. It's your who you want people to know about. I think so. And that actually brings me to a really good point because yeah. like Garbage Records is part of, is one group amongst many groups of up and coming scenes and musicians yeah. that I really like in New Zealand that I'm not like, I'm not a super connected guy. Yeah. I have like the basic utensils of yeah. like Instagram and shit. Yeah. Um, and I've picked up on on like your scene and then like there's the iGum scene yeah. in Wellington and then there's like the Lavina, Tom Verburn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Auckland scene. Yeah. Like, and I can fucking see those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are the actual like media taste makers? Like yeah, why yeah. is the, where yeah. is the radio station that is actually trying to identify new talent and playing it? Because it- No money in it. They don't want to do it. <laughs> But that's but like that's yeah. taste making and money don't work. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but <laughs> but, but but like that's my thing. It's yeah, like yeah, there is this huge. You're right that that is what the podcast and what I'm doing. Yeah, and the reason it's going well is because I identify that there's no competition. Yeah, and the newsletter it's taste making. It's it's, it's, a, th- it's your opinion. Exactly what it is in a different kind of form. And I think that for for me, like seeing the artists that you that naturally gravitate to garbage yeah. and in your crew. Like yeah. they're there for a reason. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're, they've, they've gravitated to it for a reason and that's, they've stained for a reason. Yeah. And it's, that's its own form of taste making as well. Yeah. And artists can be, I think the thing with the internet and I think the thing that people like yourself and like younger generations actually understand is that you can actually be a radio station or you can yeah. be all these things yeah. that people yeah. my age and older yeah. seem to have this weird, like, like, Deference to like yeah. institutions. They've seen it the way it is. Yeah. So they can't like, imagine it. And the radio different... is a whole big thing. Yeah. It's like, bro, you've got a Spotify or playlist. How, yeah. How did radio start? You know, yeah. it's like people aren't round long enough to see how the original thing started, mm. like TV and like yeah. radio. Like if we were there, because we watched the, we, the birth of the internet, we didn't get to see the birth of all these other things. Mm. And it's like, yeah, I just don't think we like our lives aren't long enough for us to be able to comprehend like change or like just see things start and finish or whatever. You know, it's just a weird that Nat loves you, bro. Little fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally agree, man. Yeah. I think uh, artists have so much more power than they realize. Mm. I would really like to empower more artists. Yeah, and I think that's the same kind of vibe that you're doing as well. It's just. Yeah. Finding that empowerment for people to realize yeah. you can just fucking do this shit. Yeah, yeah. You are real. And who else is like reaching out to like ask if you want to be on their podcast or whatever, you know, like <laughs> but no no bigger. It's nice for musicians to get someone that wants to talk to them about what they do. I know. know. It's like kind of, it's like, kind of like the way that funding works. I saw it. I was like, wow, okay. I've finally got some funding. Mm. It's kind of like a stamp of approval of mm. what I'm doing in a weird monetized way. It's but like a New Zealand cosign because yeah. all of our money's in so funding. So continue doing this. We like we see it, or you know, yeah. Because you can just there's nothing wrong with it being a hobby either, you know. Like, but if you wanted to making to make a living out of it, then like getting that um, support, I don't know, it's good mentally. <laughs> Yes, it's it, the weird thing when you get to that that confuses me though is like if if they're aware that their kind of cosign of that is like keep doing it, yeah, but we won't give you any like avenues or mediums to 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 keep doing it through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that cognitive dissonance. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, if we if we really truly have belief in these like young new people, I've got Jeff Newton from New Zealand and they're coming on soon. Oh yeah, so that's gonna put be him in really, the hot seat. I think people. I think a lot of people would ex- would expect me to do that. Yeah. I don't think it'll be. I think, pe- especially if you're on Twitter. Do you use Twitter much? Nah. Yeah. See, I'm like. Yeah. yeah. I have to say on Twitter all the time. I'm yeah, like, I'm yeah. way nicer in person than yeah, I am on Twitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just it'll be. My whole point for all of New Zealand on air and all of the funding thing is not. And my my main priority is not what I think about what they should be doing, yeah. But actually, getting the word out about what they think 
they're doing and yeah, what they true. want to do because they yeah. are not communi- my whole thing is they're yeah. not communicating well. Yeah. A lot of the arguments I see or upset I see from people like peers and other people are actually kind of misunderstandings a lot of the time yeah. of what they think New Zealanders should be doing and that's not really yeah. within their mission statement. Yeah. And I just get so confused as to why New Zealand on air doesn't have their own, why the music industry or at least government funded uh, entities like yeah. New Zealand on air, New Zealand Music Commission, um, rec- you know, uh, recorded music government funded. I don't know. I need to look that up. Yeah. I, I'm an, I don't have no idea. Not sure. They should have some kind of platform or some kind of communication tool that isn't yeah. just like a social media profile. That's something yeah. like a fucking podcast yeah. or a fucking yeah. Q&A Twitch stream. Yeah. Something mildly relevant. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the thing, relevancy. Because like, like the question I will ask is be like, are there, are you, do you think that there's no one of any creative talent in Timaru? Because there's no New Zealand on air yeah. new, new new music funds for Timaru well, bands. Of course there is. It's everywhere. So just to kind of be like, there's yeah, there's a gap of communication. Yeah. There's there's more information getting to people in Auckland than there are to people in Dunedin. Yeah, and there's more information getting to people in Dunedin than to people in Geraldine. Yeah, yeah. Let's try and fix that. Yeah. Well, I like the radio station idea, or like the just like playing things. But, no, well, student radio. I, yeah. re- I listen to Radio 1 e- every day in the car. Shout out Jamie Green. Just, shout out Jamie Green. <laughs> it's just like not manufactured. No. It's people saying real things and playing stuff that they like. And if you don't like it, it's sweet. The real thing that I see is like we've got a really high functioning, and I said this on BFM the other day, like the student radio stations could almost not be doing any more than they're doing. Yeah. They're, they're operating at maximum efficiency, maximum like um, effectiveness for what they have. Yeah. You could also argue that like the edge and um, NZME and all these places, they're operating at the higher level, like the highest level of commercialization that they possibly can. Yeah. You know, they're making as much money as it is possible to make off music in a commercial sense. Yeah. 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 We don't have a problem with either of those, <laughs> but the but the gap that huge middle ground yeah, gap. Yeah, there's nothing in the middle. Yeah, it, you know, I like to point to the Beths. Yeah, who are an incredible band, yeah, right? Yeah, but and have and have been one of those bands that have made it, f- th- have created a pipeline from um, starting student radio, student radio, and have yeah. now made their way RNZ and all yeah. the way up to these things. They've threaded that needle. Yeah, but. You do have to point out, like, that band is made up of four of the best musicians that the music schools of New Zealand has produced who have had separate bands coming together to make one excellent band with one of the better teams around them that it's been assembled, and they're only slowly growing. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, they're they're the best case scenario, and we only have space for essentially one Beth's. Yeah. in our industry that doesn't seem feels like we could support and i think like my my last thing on this kind of stuff is that is like a big picture thing which is funding surely funding government funding which is separate to like market shit mm-hmm. um i for me the point of it should be to support the thing that needs the most support at any given time. Yeah. And I think back in the 90s, it was recorded music because yep. it was really expensive to get in a studio. Yeah, yeah. I, when, we can, when a kid can buy the flip, have you, the, the flip door that Andrew Huang put out, you know, he's a YouTuber. Yeah, 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 he yeah. made a he I made a fucking he awesome like yeah. DAW yeah. that's like, you know, 20 bucks. Yeah. If a kid can just get that and make... Fuck it, you know, Josh six eight five can just make yeah, his shit. Like, yeah. do we really need to be funding recorded music no, anymore? No. What else could we be funding? Yeah, and that, and when it's the focus is on the recorded side, it makes you feel like you have to go to the studio yeah. to get a certain quality level, or like for it to be a song that we're putting out. Which some people, yeah, totally do, but not yeah. everyone. Yeah, it can be done in other ways, and just appreciating it that it's not all the same. Your drums are they spli- you a splice boy? No. Nah. Where, where are you? Read it. Read it? Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, I got a, like like 20 gigs of samples on my desktop. <laughs> <laughs> Just have a look through there. <laughs> but I'll uh, sometimes, like, I'll make uh, some looping drums and then I'll take it to my friend 
and he'll play a live version of it. Yeah, cool. I'll take that out, the loops out, and then put him playing drums back in. Right. Just to give it that natural feel. I gotta say, I saw High Hopes live. Yeah. Um, who I was like, cool, like yeah. recorded music, cool. Yeah. Saw him live and was like, I really like this. Yeah. And he had the triggers, like the kick and the yeah, snare yeah. and the percussions, but then um, Jimmy Martio Jimmy, yeah. playing live drums yeah, with yeah. it. And that Just was next level. Adding that little you know, sauce on top. I like that yeah. so much. Yeah. Like it, it is a whole setup thing. And fuck, it's that's gear. a nightmare. Like, yeah. It's understanding the gear and knowing what you need, which is another like rabbit hole in itself. A whole rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I was trying to run some samples for a bit and I'd just have like an interface and a laptop and I'd have like this massive headphone cable going to my drummer and he would have my headphones on just to keep them clicked up. Yeah, right. And it's like, I know there's an easier way to do this if I got him a mixer and put it next to his like drum kit, you know, and it's just like it can be done but like knowing how to do it efficiently is like kind of like the goal. Mm. And it just got too stressful for me too because I'd set it up sometimes at Soundcheck and it wouldn't work. And I'd be like, well, I don't know why it's not working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I know how to play the guitar. You just plug it in. Yeah. You know? So the tech, the tech side of things really adds a lot to, to the live set, but you got to know what you're like doing. That's why I say like I always point to Pendulum. Oh, yeah. Because I was when I was like growing up, Pendulum were the f they were like oh we're the first band who's we're the first like producers who are gonna perform live as, yeah. a, as a band yeah and it was like a whole thing at the time yeah and then maybe four or five years later they kind of stopped yeah they were doing it really intensely and then they were like fuck this and I always pointed to that be like if the band who started doing it are like fuck that. There's probably something yeah. really hard about doing that. Yeah, you know? I, I listened to I think it was like the James Black and Rick Rubin podcast, oh, and that's so good. And James Black was just saying like it can just go wrong out of nowhere because he's like mega tech on stage, mm. and you just don't you know you're you're relying on a lot more than just the people up there, and like. You, you never know what's going to happen. Like your laptop could just turn off because it, <laughs> it doesn't want to be on anymore. And you can't factor that in. So no. if, if you're so reliant on it too, then it becomes a scary thing. Yeah. Because like technology doesn't, you know, doesn't wait for anybody, you know, it just no. does what it wants to do. No. Laptops, they have a mind of their own. Bro, yeah. yeah I'm so, that's that was the whole reason why I got that Digitac, that Electron yeah. thing. When I, originally I was like, well, I want to make Electron, but I'm not going to do the computer like that'll yeah. fuck out on me all that yeah stuff. yeah i'm grappling with that so hard at the moment like it's cool to have analog though it is, is that, cool yeah. that thing is just like it's meant to be the heart of a setup yeah. it's not meant to be the only is it supposed to be the computer it's it's the clock it's the yeah. sequencer yeah but i was just kind of poor and i saw so i was like i'll just i'll just have this yeah um and it worked for a bit yeah for sure does it just is it just drums or does it do synth sounds? Well, it's just is it's it a, a sampler. Or? It's a sampler. So cool. any like yeah. all my first releases up until the like singles I've been putting out, yeah. they were done entirely on that and then recorded live, just me like sequencing and playing them live cool. and triggering shit. Yeah, which is cool. Is do that, you know what you're doing? Like, you know, do you know what it's going to sound like, or is it like kind of? Oh yeah, it's planned out. Like I'm I'm right. like producing it on this thing. Yeah page by page which is like essentially section by section and yeah. then triggering and doing all that yeah um but you've got like you can you can't eq on it you it's like yeah and it's like you got two out like i would just so you'd be recording it into the laptop anyway would you yeah but i would bounce it out yeah onto garage band and then right. and then send it to someone to master yeah garage bands that's good that was that's it. a good place that's that a good where place. i started <laughs> yeah 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 that's <laughs> yeah, a vibe yeah um Damon, I feel like we could fucking talk forever. But you actually, so. you have I've a gig. I've got sound check at six. You have a gig tonight and I don't want you to be I've rushing around. text messages. Yeah. You ready? You've got a whole band, <laughs> <laughs> got a whole band that's relying Where on you, you tonight. <laughs> You're the leader. You're the man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have like any, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, I mean, the gig's a bit too late because yeah. it's happening here. If but you're coming tonight. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. I haven't played here in a while, so anyone that comes along, grateful. Yeah. You're awesome. But not too many plugs. Just hopefully I have 
finish some songs soon, which and, I'm excited about too. Like I've, I want to get them finished. So, well, just go check out garbage on yeah. like Instagram and yeah, because like yeah, there's a there's a group of people doing all sorts of different things. So, and did you get you got interviewed by Yo Vocal as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah go cool. go check out the Yo because I'm a yeah. big Yo Vocal fan. Yeah, I think they're doing cool really work nice as well. People. Yeah. Go read that interview. Yeah. And go listen to the 9016. Yeah. I've podcast. actually got another one coming out. Do so, you? Yeah. I don't Free know Pete. which one's going to drop first. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's all that. Karen, we're going to have to fucking <laughs> fight to the death. Dude, can't, please, Karen, have me on because I'll come down to Nina yeah, and be on the podcast. It. No one fucking invites me on any of their podcasts. Two podcasters podcasting. <laughs> that would be awesome. Trying to shut me up. Let's do a five hour. Let's do like a fucking <laughs> Stephen Crowder on Joe Rogan. Let's just do it. Do it. Um, thanks so much for being here, man. Oh, thanks for having me. Such a huge awesome. fan. So it's really, really nice Likewise. to have you here. <laughs> Likewise. Um, good luck for the gig tonight. Just quickly. Yeah. Utah. Oh yeah. Two cartoons. Yep. One that's my fave. I wrote that one. That's nice. And the the ninety five BFM live session at Roundhead. You you guys are looking at each other? Yeah. Magic. Good setup. I yeah. dropped my pick. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. <laughs> that was good, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks for that. That's all right. I had I really wish I had that bleeding knees club t shirt still. Oh yeah. I look at that and I'm like Maybe because I got into them, maybe that's what got me into Such a good band. Yeah. I need to write a newsletter about that Australian scene because there were so many good bands in there. Yeah. Hundred percent. Sign up for the newsletter. Um well thanks for listening, everybody. Uh that's Arco for Humans. Not Arco for Humans. (laughs) Well, you I hope you For the humans. Probably humans listening to it, (laughs) let's be honest. Unless you're in the future. And these are I this is AI. Thank you to our tech overlords for allowing us. Shout out Elon Musk, Daddy Musk, what's up? (laughs) Um, New episodes every Sunday. We'll see you next week. Thank you.